Hey everyone, welcome to IJ Notes, the podcast where we take you behind the scenes to explore the work of journalists around the world. I'm David with the IJNet team. In this episode, the sixth in our mental health and journalism series, I speak with Mark Habra, a former data and investigative journalist with the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists. Mar was involved with the Global Panama Papers investigation, published in 2016, for which she and her colleagues won a Pulitzer Prize. However, in the aftermath of this groundbreaking work, Mar felt burnt out. She stepped away from journalism and began to transition her career to focus more on mental health. Today, she runs a free online stress management program for journalists called The Self-Investigation. In this episode, Mar shares with us her personal story, insights on technology's impact on our mental health, and what she's up to today to help journalists address issues like stress management and digital wellness. So first of all, Mar, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. We're really excited to uh, hear more about your background uh, now focused on mental health, especially with journalists these days. Um, And before we get into really the meat of it, uh, do you think you could just go into a bit about your background specifically in journalism? So I never wanted to be a journalist, David. I wanted to be an actress, a film director, um, but I ended up finding that reality is stranger than fiction and that uh, yeah, doing journalism was a good way to channeling my, my energy and trying to help the world, make the world a better place. I was a TV journalist, then I specialized on data journalism, journalism and investigative journalism. And I ended up working for the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists at a very interesting point in time where ICIJ started getting bigger and bigger projects in some cases associated with leaks. So I ended up uh, creating um, the first ever data team at ICIJ, uh, which ended up um, in a few years from that point, leading the data and technology work at uh, the Panama Papers, which is a big investigation. Um, Some people might know it because we won a Pulitzer Prize. I would dare say it's actually the investigation in journalism history that has had the widest global impact. And I was the head of the data and technology team there. And um, it was amazing to work with around 400 journalists from pretty much every corner of the world. And at that moment, uh, it was great to be hyper-connected, but that led to, led me to burnout. And that's how I started shifting my career into concentrating more about mental health. Do you think you could go more into this career transition you made, uh, going from full-time journalist to now working more in mental health? My story is the story of a journalist that um, has been doing remote work for the past 10 years and um, that thought she was invincible and that too much stress for too long led her to burning out. And uh, when we were doing the Panama Papers, I remember saying, oh my God, I'm going to see some personal consequences of so much work we're putting in this project. Imagine like a lot of intense work for a year. But I never thought it would be me um, having an effect. I thought, oh, some people are going to get divorced. Or um, I saw people having problems at home. Um, but then what happened is after all these adrenaline of the project coming out and some other issues that happened, I started being so tired. 
so tired. So I would go to work, well, go to work, connect to my computer to go to work. <laughs> and um, from Monday to Friday, I was, you know, great. I could do it. And then on the weekends, it's like somebody had unplugged me from, you know, my energy source. And I was completely dead in my sofa, no energy. And then I started feeling that nothing excited me. We got a new, a new leak on the Paradise Papers project. And I wasn't excited about that. I wasn't excited about any other projects we did at ICIJ. So I'm like, what's wrong with me? And it's like, I'm working at one of the best of organizations in the world doing like top-notch, you know, investigative journalism and doing great things with the coolest team on earth. And I'm not happy. There's something wrong with me. And the worst moment was when we were there in New York at Columbia University getting the Pulitzer Prize with a big team of the Panama Papers. And yeah, it was a happy ceremony. But then I went home and I felt empty and sad inside. And I thought it was something wrong with me. And then later I learned that I was just, you know, showing all the symptoms of burning out. And it's something that is happening more and more in the industry. And I'm really concerned that it's happening to more and more people after COVID-19. I think uh, this pandemic has made mental health issues very important um, for many of us. And uh, we need to start talking about it like it's normal because it is. Many of us have mental health issues and we're very good professionals and, and it's just a matter of like putting it on the table so that it stops being taboo. And so what issues of mental health do you think uh, journalists are, you know, in particular coping with these days? In the past, when people talked to me about mental health, I thought, oh, yeah, journalists who have had PTSD or people who have gone to wars and dealt with trauma or maybe some people have mental health issues like bipolar disorder or depression. What I think we're dealing with a lot right now in these pandemic times is increased anxiety and stress. And actually, the International Federation of Journalists did a survey to uh, their network and published the results in May. And that survey really caught my attention. The question was, how has your work been affected by the outbreak? And the thing people singled out the most was increased anxiety and stress. More women than men. 63% of the women interviewed said they had increased anxiety and stress, 55% of men. So I think right now, a lot of the issues that we're dealing with is high levels of stress for a prolonged period of time. And it's been scientifically proven that that has an effect on our mental health and on our physical health. So we need to watch out and take care of ourselves now more than ever. So you, you mentioned COVID, obviously we're still in the, the middle of this pandemic. I guess when it comes to your work in particular around mental health these days, how has COVID influenced what you've decided to uh, pursue? So when, when the outbreak happened, and I live in Spain, so we started seeing the results. Uh, it, one of the first countries after China, China, Italy, Spain was the next country. So it was pretty early on. And the first thing I started seeing was most of my, my colleagues were very stressed out, had problems sleeping, problems disconnecting. Um, they didn't know how to set boundaries with this, you know, um, remote work that we've all been immersed in. 
And all of a sudden I felt, wow, this is what I lived in the past. This is what I've seen in Panama Papers. That's what I suffered, but I'm seeing it now affecting a lot of people. And I decided to join forces with uh, a person who was my former um, personal coach, Kim Priest, who helped me a lot in recovering from burnout. And we actually created a project called the Self-Investigation, which is an online program to teach journalists about stress management and digital wellness. Because I believe that a lot of the symptoms that we're seeing are connected to poor stress management. And if we deal with or we manage our stress better and we manage our relationship with our devices in a healthier way, we would be more resilient. And that's what we try to do with the self-investigation. And that's why I encourage pretty much everyone I know to do right now is learn how stress works. Learn how to activate your calming nervous system so that you have times to disconnect so that you use breath to you your, to your advantage and many other techniques so yeah uh, could you go into more about what the self-investigation program is what it looks like what journalists if they choose to you know uh, look into it more what they could expect from it a lot of information, it's in our website. So I would recommend going to theselfinvestigation.com. There's also a Spanish version, .com forward slash ES. And the reason why I recommend my website, it's not just because it's my website, which is good, <laughs> but also because we have a resources page with a lot of resources, both in English and in Spanish. When we started planning this program, we saw that a lot of the options out there where one-off webinars with a lot of tips and a lot of things you can do. But then that's it. And I've, I've seen this happening when I was a data journalism trainer. You go to a data journalism workshop, you get all these tips, then you come back to your newsroom, boom, reality hits you in your head. There's nothing you do about that data journalism workshop you went to. And it's the same with mental health and stress management. Changing a habit takes practice. So what we want to do uh, with, with a program like this is actually incorporate practice so that people can change the habits. What we um, did in July and in September in the courses that we've done is combine a webinar with information with regular meetups, just 30-minute meetups. Anybody can scratch 30 minutes from their uh, uh, calendar to actually just practice together. What what do I mean by practice? Practicing, practice like uh, do some guided exercises that play with breath, for example, but also learning more about how to set boundaries, how to set priorities, how to have a healthy relationship with technology. And then we had a very important part, which was sharing with the community. So many people have told us, wow, it's so great to know that I'm not alone. It's so great to know that this is not just happening to me, that I'm not the only one. And I think that's why I think talking about it is more important than ever because a lot of us start feeling things in our body, start feeling things in our head, like cannot stop thinking and think, oh, something's wrong with me. No. Again, too much stress for too long has an effect on everybody. In some people, it's earlier. In some people, it's later. But everybody will suffer from too much stress for, for too long. And something you mentioned in there, you know, a healthy relationship with technology, 
you know, it reminds me of the first time I emailed you to set this interview up. You know, I got an auto re reply from, you know, your email saying, you'll get back to me. Essentially, when you'll get back to me, you might not be checking it, you know, nonstop. And I know in the past, you've also discussed digital wellness and digital detoxing. Can you go more into what you mean when you say a healthy relationship uh, with technology? I quit my job at ICIJ after burning out at the end of 2017. And uh, I've been for the past three years recovering from burnout and connecting with my purpose and thinking a lot about why did I burn out? And if I were to um, narrow it down to three things, I think that badly managed remote working, setting no boundaries, and hyperconnectivity were the three main topics. So I've been doing a lot of research about how to how can we be hyperconnected without burning out and how technology works and the reality is technology is designed most of the technology we use especially social media and email is and netflix is designed to hook us to grab our attention for as long as we can or as long as they can right and this is we live in the attention economy they make money out of how much attention we pay to them. And actually, we play with that in journalism sometimes, right? We want the attention of our readers for as long as possible so that they get informed and so that we can sell that attention to advertisers. So I'm sure this is not a new concept to many of the people that are listening to us. The reality is that because it's an uneven battle between humans and the technology of the side, because on one side it's us poor humans who don't know how psychology works and how our body works. And on the other side, we have attention engineers and experts on the latest neuroscience research and artificial intelligence trying to grab our attention. It is very important to learn how to control your time and attention. All this uh, information to say, to go to your question, I'm not avoiding your question, David, but basically all this to say that I think that in journalism, because we have this culture of being always connected and always on, it is even more important that we start thinking, do I really need to be always on? And that's why I had this um, auto reply. I said, okay, let's see what happens if I put an auto reply of like, hey, I don't check my email every day. And you know what? In that auto reply, I gave my cell phone number. And I said, you can call me anytime or WhatsApp me anytime. In the past three years, I don't think it's more than 20 people that have like really called me saying, hey, Mar, it's really urgent and you haven't replied to me. So I think that we need to rethink the idea of Urgent. And what is urgent, among other things? I can give some other tips if you want later. No, I think that's, that's a really good point. And I think of, you know, just myself, especially, you know, and I know we've touched on this already a bit, but during COVID, you know, now that we're all remote and there's less of a boundary now between my personal life and my professional life, my workspace is now at my kitchen table, you know, and I think being able to check out of the technology when it's sitting right there on my kitchen table at all times right now. I think that's a really important point. And so I guess from here, I want to go into, you know, some other, you know, steps that you think journalists uh, can take, you know, technology or otherwise, you know, to take care of their mental health today. So I think technology um, and hyperconnectivity and technology overuse is, one, is, is, is actually one of the main stressors. Technology is one of the main stressors journalists 
um, have right now. So I would totally recommend people who are listening to the, this podcast to review the notifications they get and see if they need to be notified immediately or not. And I see that that some people tell me, oh, yeah, yeah, I need to be there. I need to see because I have fear of missing out and fear I'm missing a story. Well, then the question is, do you need to be checking all the time? I recommend batch checking of emails and of social media. And what, what I mean by that is check it in periods of time. So I actually right now check my email about three, four times a day in blocks. I check it at the beginning of the day at the middle of the day before I go for, for lunch and at the end of my day. In between, my email is closed. Same thing goes for social media. And that's the routine that works for me. But other people might have other routines. Just think, what is the routine that makes sense for you? But you most probably don't need to have the email open all the time. Most probably don't have to have social media open all the time. And if you're one of the people working as a social media engagement person and really need to do it or work on breaking news, then really take care of the time when you're not working so that you're not on all the time. The brain needs to disconnect. And because the brain needs to basically disconnect to activate the calming system in your nervous system, which is the parasympathetic nervous system, in order to rest, in order to know you don't need to be alert. Disconnecting is a good idea, but also taking time away from technology helps to do that. And I think that if I were to say also one thing that I really learned over this period in my burnout recovery is the power of the pause. So great to just pause, maybe even if it's just for one minute, and breathe and concentrate on the breath. Whenever people told me, Mar, you're too stressed out, breathe, breathe, I always was like, come on, <laughs> this is the last thing I want to hear. But you know what? It is actually science, it's science behind this statement. There's science behind this statement, which is, when you're breathing slowly and deeply, your lungs are sending the message to your brain that everything is okay, that you don't need to be alert, that you don't need to be on fight flight, or you don't need to be on fight flight freeze mode, which is like, oh, alert, alert, I need to do something. And that really helps dealing with stress in a healthier way. So can I ask, are you on social media at all these days? I am, well, I am on Facebook and Twitter, but I have to say I don't check Facebook anymore. I deleted all my social media apps from my um, iPhone, which is something I can do because of the type of work I do right now. I understand some others cannot do it. I do check Twitter a lot but uh, late, less <laughs> these days. I have to say, I used to have a habit of checking Twitter before going to sleep. And that's a, such a bad habit. Just like, oh, well, I'm disconnecting. I'm just going to check social media. Don't do it. Because every time you get into a social media app, the most likely is that you're going to spend more time than you want because of all these techniques that are designed to grab your attention. And every time I go into Twitter, especially before I go to bed, poof, 30 minutes disappear. And it's like, how on earth did that happen? And also it brings too much stimulus to me at the end of my day. And also screens have this blue light, 
that is not very good for the brain because the brain thinks it's daylight and it doesn't think it's time to go to sleep. So I try to have the cell phone away from my bedroom right now, or at least put it on airplane mode. So it's not the first thing I check when I wake up and not the last thing I check when I go to sleep. So we've discussed a lot about what journalists can do themselves to take care of their own mental health. Obviously, many journalists and reporters are working in newsrooms these days. In your mind, what what can newsrooms and employers do to support journalists and their mental health? It drives me nuts that we have all these conferences to talk about quality journalism, innovation in journalism, and hardly no talks about mental health or well-being of journalists. It drives me nuts because I don't think we can produce quality journalism without healthy journalists. And we need to take care of our most important resources, which is the people (laughs) producing the news. So I think that newsrooms, especially right now, really need to take care of the mental health and well-being of their employees. And again, I don't think that is solved by just one webinar. I, I really think that there should be ongoing programs to help people change their habits, as well as guidelines on how to have healthier practices in the newsroom. I think that a lot of managers are just not thinking about, oh, if I'm this pushy with this deadline, I'm affecting the mental health or, like, or the well-being of my employees. So I think that we need to have clearer uh, rules and culture about why it is important. And if for, for anything, it is important for effectiveness. It is important for productivity. If that's the only thing that matters to you as a manager, then think that people are going to be more productive if they're rested. Um, and I think that we need to, to start having these conversations and also, you know, stop having prejudices about people that have mental health issues that just come out because I've heard so many journalists. We've, we've trained more than 200 journalists in the self-investigation and I've heard so many journalists telling me, yes, I told my manager about the issues I had, and he stopped giving me assignments, you know? So I think that, that we really need to speak out and start talking about it so that we see it's normal and that it's just the society we live in. And so I'd love to hear more, you know, what plans you have for, you know, both the self-investigation and potentially other uh, work around mental health you have moving forward. The self-investigation was possible thanks thanks to a grant by the European Union and also the, we partnered with ICFJ, with ONA and with Open News that supported us in this, in this pilot project. We now have data that shows that there's a great need in journalism and we are going to start fundraising to do this um, in a more regular basis. We interviewed and surveyed um, some of our participants and the majority of them said they would love for this to be an ongoing program. And I, I, I really want to read a quote by one of the participants, which summarizes why it is important to have programs like this. She said, this is the type of training that no journalist would ever seek out on their own. I'm really glad I did it. We should all be trained in stress management. It should be a core part of the industry, and it's not. And as a result, many of us get burned out and leave the sector. I have to say, David, I, don't, I have no desire to come back to a newsroom. 
And that's sad. That makes me cry sometimes because I really liked being a journalist, but I just don't want to go back to it because I have so much, so much negativity associated with it. And I don't want that to happen to other great journalists out there. So I, I believe that um, we need to talk more about it. And I'm, I'm doing everything in my power to create programs like the self-investigation or other possibilities so that um, we can create a healthy culture in journalism. Mara, thanks so much for sharing your personal journey with us and the steps you're taking to care, not just for your own mental health, but to help raise awareness of these issues with other journalists. Thanks so much, David. I think that podcasts and contents like this are very, very important. And I want to leave you with this one mantra that I repeat in my head that my um, co-founder, Kim Brees, made up, which is, you are as important as the work. I had to learn it the the tough way, um, but I'm now prioritize myself more. So let me say it again so that whenever, if anybody that is listening to us is struggling, can repeat that and prioritize what's really important, which is them. You are as important as the work. This episode is the final one in our mental health and journalism series. Our other episodes cover a wide range of topics, including our most recent discussions about the specific mental health challenges that black journalists and women journalists may encounter while on the job. You can find these episodes anywhere else you find IJ Notes. For our really incredible guests throughout this series, thanks again so much for your honest and candid insights on what can be difficult issues. We truly appreciate it. And for our listeners, we hope that you all have enjoyed this series and ideally learned a thing or two not least of which that mental health deserves more attention in the newsroom, and that if you're a journalist, you shouldn't forget to take care of your own well-being. For more resources on mental health and journalism, you can check out our site, ijnet.org. And please make sure to follow IJNet on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll promise to keep you in the loop when we release our next IJNotes series. Stay safe, everyone. Mask up, obviously. And as always, reach out to us if there are any ways we can support your work.